I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of The Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to share with you some of our latest research on how affluent investors use digital. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 85 of The Stephen and Kevin Show. Today, we're talking about today's digital affluent, some of their trends, some of their preferences, how they interact with financial advisors online. Before we get into it today, I want to share a quick little cartoon <laughs> that I saw on LinkedIn, and it's kind of a millennial joke, but I mean, Stephen and I are millennials, so we can joke about- Barely. Barely millennials, but we can joke about it. I'm a millennial only when it benefits me, not when there's some negative connotation. Like when someone says the word millennial like that. Yeah, then that's not me. That's yeah. clearly people younger. I mean, come on. We're millennials. But, um, so it, so it's a, it's a, maybe we can pop it up on the screen. It's like a little kid and he's running up to his grandpa and he has a trophy and he says, Hey, grandpa, look, I won an existence trophy. <laughs> and the grandpa says, get that blank out of here. Those trophies are why kids these days are entitled. Back in my day, you had to participate. <laughs> I thought that was Classic. kind of funny. I thought that was Classic. funny. And one day, I hope I can do that. One day, I hope my little grandson runs up to me and says, look, I got an existence trophy. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. It, anyway. All right. Uh, that's, back that's in my, my day, we worked hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's Anyway. All right. Let's get into some of these data points. They're really interesting. Um, and some of them were, were surprising. Some of them not so much. But yeah, this came from a study we yeah. did on over 400 affluent investors. They had more than 500,000 investable. So people that we were curious, how are they using technology nowadays? How are they using it uh, not only in every, everyday life, but to interact with their financial advisors? We know in the advisory space, more and more of you are getting on board with tools like LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and others, but it's important to know how are the target market using it? Yeah. And so we're going to start with the first data point here, which is a broader one. And we basically wanted to know their social network of choice. So how do these investors who have at least 500,000 in investable assets, like which network do they prefer? And it was across the board, no matter what age bracket, under 45, 45 to 65, or greater than 65, older than 65, all of them preferred Facebook, number one, but there's a growing trend in the under 45 group for Instagram. And I think that's something that we, we probably know intuitively. Yeah, the big takeaway for me wasn't the, the trend of younger generations moving more towards uh, Instagram, and that'll shift at some point as well to, towards something else. Uh, but the preference of personal networks over business networks. Mm. And I know in our industry, if you think about all the talk about social media in our industry, it's all about LinkedIn. And frankly, we're big fans of LinkedIn. Yeah, we we think everybody them. ought to be using it. But when you look at the data points and in the neighborhood at best of 10% of the affluent respondents saying that's their favorite network, we want to go where they're going. And if they're logging in regularly, which we'll talk about here in a minute, how often they actually log into social media, uh, yeah, I want to be where their eyeballs are. And for right now, that is Facebook. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's not even close when it comes to network of choice. I mean, Facebook just kind of just trumps everything else. Yeah, so think about it this way. Even if you're at a firm where Facebook is not allowed right now, you cannot have a Facebook business page at certain big firms right now. That's okay. They're working on it as they have been for years. I hope they speed it up a little bit. But what we are able to do, this is America or Canada, wherever you may be. 
you're allowed to connect with people personally on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So if that's your only ability right now, to my knowledge, nobody's getting canned from a major firm right now for having a personal Facebook, a personal Facebook page where they may have a few clients who are friends, who are friends in real life, but also on Facebook. We're not using it to transact business, but it's a free country. And this is Ameri the, America or Canada uh, <laughs> or Canada. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we have the ability to connect on social media and develop connections there outside of what we do in the office. In the mm -hmm. office, yeah, you're talking about their portfolio. You're making financial plans. You're talking about their family. But in between that, how are you interacting with your clients? It sure would be great to know on a daily or weekly or monthly basis what's happening in their family, where they're going on trips, who they're interacting with. Well, that's that's exactly right, and, and we we hear this sentiment too, where advisors will say, "Well, look, I'm not a Facebook person, right? That's not my thing." We're not asking if it's your thing, right? We're saying like you can create a lot of additional touch points by just being there and engaging on a personal level and deepening the relationship. So, yeah, yeah. When when someone tells us, it's like, "Well, yeah, I don't really do. I'm not on social media." They look at right. it like a bad. I'm not on social media. It's beneath me. They don't say it that way, but that's what they that's imply. what they imply. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, yeah, hey, this is not about you, right? You might not be a person who just loves working with accountants, but if it's gonna help you grow your business, you might wanna get into it. That's right. All right, so uh, yeah, first things first, they're using a lot of Facebook. Uh, second, let's look at the time they spend on social media every day. Again, broken down by age categories. We look at the under 45 crowd, they're spending a tremendous amount of time on social media. 81% spend at least 15 minutes or more on social media per day. 43% mm -hmm. spend at least an hour. So four out of 10 people under the age of 45 spend at least one hour thumbing through their phone or on their desktop. They're going through social media. That's a lot of time. Yeah, and these networks are designed to keep people on their network, right? So they start learning your preferences and, and people start getting their news there and they get sucked into watching a million videos and stuff. So, I mean, you know, it used to be back in the day, like I feel like the first device was always like TV. That's what people would, would focus on. And now it's it's here. Like This is the first device now. Yeah, and when you look at the over 65 category, 43% of those over 65 spend at least 15 minutes on social media every day. Yeah. So that means not only do they have accounts, they're on there, at least yeah. 15 minutes. And 17%, so roughly one out of five of those over 65 are on there for more than an hour a day. That's mm -hmm. a lot of time. So you can look at it and say, well, is my target market on there over 65? Yeah, they are. Uh, but at the same time, the trend is that people as uh, you know, the, the younger generations are spending more time there. And over time, the younger generations are accumulating a little bit more money and becoming better clients of yours. So let's get ahead of the curve. Let's spend a little bit more time there ourselves. Yeah, I remember back when social media was starting to, to take off, right? And uh, this is like maybe 10, 15 years ago. And there was plenty of people who said like, oh, it's a fad. It's gonna go away. And I think that data speaks to, no, it's like becoming one of the main ways people are consuming content. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Consuming content, engaging with each other, yeah. uh, spreading word of mouth, which I think leads into this next segment of yeah. how the Athlon initially found their financial advisor. Yeah, this is such an interesting data point. And this is one that, um, you know, we, we always ask, right? We've been asking this for years and years and years as we've done research at Oxley. Um, how do you go about searching for an advisor, right? And if you know the answer to that question, you can really tailor a lot of your marketing. It's such an important question. So you, you think about things like word of mouth, like asking friends and family, asking another professional. Those things were number one with the over 65 crowd and the 45 to 65 crowd, right? Absolutely, word of mouth was there. But in the under 45 crowd, and this is the first time that we had ever seen data like this, the number one way that they would actually initially, you know, initially start that search was online, 
right? 43% said, I would start online. Like I would start running some searches online, which really kind of blew our minds a little bit. So yeah, it is when you unpack it, when you unpack it in your mind, it's like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Why would we do that? Well, as opposed to me picking up the phone and calling somebody is the first step in the process. I pull out this device that sits around me all day, every day. And I just type in three words, financial advisor, Greensboro. Yeah. Your location. Yeah. And what do I find there? That may not be exactly how I go about it, ending up uh, finding that financial advisor. I may then go back and ask my accountant about some people. I may ask some friends who they use. I may still employ a variety of techniques to arrive at the perfect advisor for me. But the first, the initial search being done on the phone is a new thing. And it makes you think hard about what they're going to see. Like one, I mean, from an SEO standpoint, like, you know, are you in that on that first page? Right. Because when you get to the second, third, fourth page, they're not doing that, right? And then when they when they get there, like when they arrive at your your website, like what are they saying, right? Are they are they are you positioning yourself correctly to appeal to that particular target market? Yeah, let's say uh, you know because particularly this was evident in the younger groups, right? The older groups are still a good percentage of them who had you know in the forty five to sixty five crowd, twenty seven percent of them went online first, so still yeah. one one quarter of them. Um, but when you look at a younger tech savvier group who's going online first as part of their search, there are they are those who are more tech savvy. They're more aware if your brand is on point or not, or if you look up to speed or not. So yeah, first things first, you've got to be found, whether it, it be through a search on uh, a Google search, whether it be through uh, Yelp, Facebook, the younger generations are, employ are employing a wider variety of searches online. They don't always go to Google first. That's right. Um, so number one, how do we get listed there? Number two, which by the way, requires some help of an outside search engine optimization person, which requires you to pump out some content on a regular basis, referencing those keywords. It's a more complex topic than what we're going to get into. Yeah. There's on-site, there's off-site. Yeah. There's right? a, it's a longer term play. You got to put a lot of energy into it to be highly ranked, but it's worth it. People who are highly ranked, let me tell you, they get calls. Yes. Right. In a way that five years ago, they did not. So is it worth it? The, yeah, it's expensive. Totally worth it. Now, uh, also, when they get to your site, do they see somebody who's relevant? Do they see somebody who's sharing some content there to let them into the process a little bit? Yeah. If I arrive at your site and it looks like this boilerplate site from back in the early days of the internet, not only do I go away from it, I'm probably never going to call you. If I arrive there and you suck me in through some compelling content, whether it's a video of you talking about your process or the kind of clients that you help or a story of how you got into the business, all of a sudden I feel a little bit more connected. And that same thing that happens on Facebook and other platforms where people get sucked in a little bit, we want that to happen on our site to where people all of a sudden, even though they maybe have never met us before, feel like they know us. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of advisors who just need an upgrade in this regard. So like, I mean, the, the bottom line is that people are going to judge you, right? So they, they look at that site and you could be the best financial advisor in your community, but your digital presence is just terrible. And when you're looking at a younger generation, if you look at like Steven and I, we looked at it, I would think, you know, and I just draw this, this bridge to, well, their digital presence is outdated. Maybe their recommendations are outdated, right? Maybe they're not in tune with some of the latest technology and planning and, and you know, tools and things like that that another advisor might be implementing. Yeah, and let's say that this isn't your sweet spot. And let's say that right now you wouldn't say, I'm, I'm Mr. or Mrs. Techie and I'm really up to speed with the latest trends. You may want somebody else, a, uh, a person on your team, a person in your office, another uh, a client of yours to give you their take on your web presence, on your social media, because frankly, you could look at it. It's kind of like you go to a restaurant where they, where they have a chef who clearly doesn't know anything about food. Mm -hmm. 
and who doesn't have a great palate, who doesn't eat good food. They right. prepare bad dishes. Right. They don't know any better. Right. right. It's like if you don't know social media and you look at your page and you're like, looks good to me. We have people call us about websites. And then they're, they're like, yeah. I don't really need a, uh, you know, I just want to talk about social media. I don't really need a new website. And I'm looking at it and thinking, boy, do you need a new website? It happens, it happens all you the time. You needed a new website right. 10 years ago. Like, do I want to drive traffic to that site? Yeah. Probably so not. Sometimes it helps to get an outside opinion on it to say, hey, how would you evaluate this? What could I be doing a little bit different? Because you're only looking at it through your lens. I was talking to an advisor um, actually yesterday who's interested in Oxley Mobile, which is a new video service that we just rolled out. Um, little shameless plug there. But he said he actually, from his advisory, um, he has like a, an advisory group of clients, right? Like, and he, he met with them and they said, we'd like to hear your thoughts more. And oh, and one, one person said, video would be really nice just to watch a quick video on your thoughts on what's going on in the markets or, you know, and certain investments. And that's what, what prompted him. And he's, he is an older advisor, like, but he said, you know what? I need to be up to date and I can do this. Uh, and I, I was, you know, kudos to him for taking that step. Yeah, this is not an old versus young thing at all because there's some very tech savvy older advisors out there. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I think it has benefit on both sides. If, and, and this segues nicely into the next data points here around the types of educational content that people mm. prefer. When you look at the, the growing trend, the growing trend is towards video. Not because we say that's the case or because YouTube is blossoming with billions of users, uh, but because the data says it. Under 45, it's the number one preferred medium of communication uh, in terms of educational content. From followed advisors. By, from advisors, very yeah. specific to your space. So when we ask affluent investors, how do you want educational content? If they're under 45, they say video followed by articles, followed by podcast. So uh, the trend, video. Uh, those 45 to 65 prefer articles than video, same with over 65. But the, 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 the medium that is growing is the video content. So what happens if you're an, if you're an advisor who's in the, the latter portion of your career, when you have a great digital presence and you've got great video on your site, and through your social channels, it shows everybody out there, I am up to speed, I am relevant, yeah. I am cutting edge. If you are a brand new advisor, one of the main things that people would say as to why they're not working with you is that you're new, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. How do you prove them wrong? Put out some great content through video that says, I'm gonna educate you and I'm gonna prove to you that even though you've known me as the kid down the street, or somebody who was in a former, a different career path previously, I know what I'm talking about and I'll prove it to you. Yeah, and when you start doing video too for the first time, by the way, like you're not, you're not gonna be most likely a rock star at video. Like it's going to take some time. It's just like anything. Like if you, if you said, hey, I'm gonna start writing blogs, right? Or I'm gonna do a podcast. It's gonna take some time to get to a point where you're in a really good groove and you feel like you are putting out good quality content, but you know, it only happens by doing it. Right? Yeah, it only I mean, happens like your first one, your second one, your first one might be awful. Your second one might be yeah, a little less awful, right? And then when you're to the 50th one, like, whoa, they're pretty good at it now, right? Yeah, but you don't get there unless you do a bunch of them. Exactly. I mean, I've been telling Kevin this for years. I keep saying, hey, if you stick it, stick with it, man. Five, four <laughs> years from now, you are going to be good at video. Yeah, yeah. It's going to pay off. Well, you know uh, what? I think about it like this. I mean, we, I mean, Steve and I do a lot of presentations for, for large groups, you know, major firms, and we do them together and we'll do them almost podcast style and people will come up to us and say, how do you guys do that? Like, and not step on each other's toes constantly. And we've done it a lot, right? Like when we first started, we were doing webinars together and it was not that seamless. It just took some time. Yeah, you get better at it. Um, lastly, Yes. Let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn and why we're still excited about it, even though when you look at the data point, it's not the preferred network. Uh, it is a network that lends itself well to business communication. 
Yeah, one of the things that we um, we recommend, especially for, for newer advisors, right, is almost like a new age cold call and it's direct messaging through LinkedIn to set up meetings with prospects and it absolutely works, but it is a numbers game. Now, we asked affluent investors in the study, we said, Are, would you respond to a message from an advisor on LinkedIn? And the under 45 group, 39% said they would. In the 45 to 65 group, 11% said they would. And then the greater than 65, 4% said they would. So you see this drop off. But first off, that 39% of the under 45 group said that they would, they would most likely respond to that. Man, that, that was pretty telling. And honestly, we think that number's too high. Like when we run it for advisors, we think, you know, because what someone reports doesn't mean that that's actually what they're going to do, right? Yeah, there's a lot of context needed here. If, you, yeah. if somebody sends you a really well-crafted message that, that references some commonality that you have, you feel obligated. They yeah. went through some trouble. You have something in common, maybe a mutual connection or a university or a hobby. You might respond. If it's clearly a robo attempt of thousands of messages they've sent out that are not personalized in any way, yeah, yeah, you, you tend to disregard it and you wouldn't respond to it. So the, the quality of this campaign really matters. But in general, you look at the data and say, people are receptive to this if you do it the right way. Yeah, and, I, and, and again, if you're looking at the younger demographic, there's like the trend coming up that they're, they're more and more receptive to this. And then we have podcasts on like the seven C's of an effective LinkedIn message. If you have questions about that or you want more information on it, you can check out some previous videos. Can I say, if you're looking to get really good at social media, there's one place I'd turn, and that's Kevin Nichols and his team here at the Oxley Institute. <laughs> now. I, I, I don't mean to brag, but Kevin is the world's foremost expert on financial advisor marketing via social media. Right? We, do, we do a ton um, of it. The team that we built here is really good at running social media campaigns. Yeah, you have one of two options. If you're at a major firm, a big firm, you may not be able to use our social media uh, outsourcing uh, services, right? Your firm won't allow it yet. We hope one day they will. But we can coach but you. We can coach you on that. We provide social media coaching where we take what we talked about today and give you more granular insights about how you can do it in your space. We've got a great team assembled to do just that. On the flip side of it, we've got social media outsourcing. Yes. Where Kevin and the team will run your campaigns for you. We yeah. run ads, we send messaging. It's very effective. It's a longer, uh, now, when you look at social media, I don't want anybody looking at it and thinking, tomorrow I'm gonna have this campaign, I'm gonna have this funnel, and boom, my business is gonna skyrocket. Right. It's a longer term play. It's a simmer. Uh, it, it is, it is a, a crock pot, if you will, more so than a, uh, a grill on, on high temp. But it's a, play, it's a place to be. And like looking at some of the, the, data, the data points that we're looking at here, it's only going, the trend is only going to continue, right? So if you're not there yet, you should consider it. Uh, I always kind of compare it to like, you know, and I know this is really popular in the independent and RIA space. It's like a virtual assistant. I have a virtual assistant. Well, now you have a virtual social media manager, right? And they're posting for you and they're, they're running campaigns and ads and, and reporting back to you and having calls with you. So, uh, and we can do it at a fraction of the cost versus hiring someone full-time. Yeah, you can go from zero to hero in this category for 500 bucks a month. Right. It's a steal, take us up on it. So. You'll see a link below as to how to register for a consultation. Thanks for joining everybody. 